Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Jesus, Lord, we just ask you to show us your glory. Lord, every heart, God, would receive, God, that glory. God, every heart be changed in this place. Lord, that we would come into your presence. Father, that we would be surrounded, immersed in your presence. Lord, that in this place, every body would be healed, every mind set free, every lie torn down. Father, we pray right now that you would move, God, in this place. And we're so thankful, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Before we move on this morning, I feel led of the Lord to do something. If you're here in this place and you're sick in your body, you're sick in your body, you have something, a doctor's diagnosis, something, you're sick, maybe it's just a cold, maybe it's a headache, maybe it's something more severe. It doesn't matter what it is, but you're here today and you say, I need Jesus to touch me with his healing power. I want you to lift your hand, just lift it up all over this place. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Keep your hands up just for a moment. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Father, right now, Lord, every hand that's raised, Father, we pray that you touch these. Father, every person, God, that needs healing, Father, we pray that you would move upon them. Father, right now, miracles, creative miracles right now. Every pain released in Jesus' name. Every body healed. Every cancer rejected in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray, God, your healing power. God, touch lives in this place. And Father, we're careful to give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Isn't God good? Amen. Tell him you love him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the worship team just to stay. You can be seated. Worship team, just going to stay a minute longer. We're going to do one other thing a little bit different. I'm going to ask um, Jerry Crotwell. Jerry, are you here? Jerry. Come on up, Jerry. We want Jerry to come up. I'm going to ask Pastor Harry and Joni, Alex, and Cindy if they would come to the stage. Many of you may not have ever met Jerry, but Jerry's been in our church for a while. Her and her husband, Carl. Uh, Carl, just a while back, passed away, went into the presence of the Lord, celebrating. And Jerry's been with us, and I'm just going to ask you to come right up front. You don't got to come on stage, but right here. Jerry's having a change in her life. She's moving down to Tucson to be closer to family, her children and her grandchildren. And, and you know what? This I, I talked to her the other day. We were out at the house, and she was telling me how hard of a decision this was because this is home. This church has been home for a while, and life is changing for her. And so what we want to do is we want to release her into the blessing of God into this next chapter of her life. Um, I know that she's going to be taken care of well. Her family, her children and grandchildren are there. She's already located a house right down the street from her granddaughter, and so that's a good thing. Her house here is sold, and so God's already prepared the way. But what we want to do as a family, we want to bless her, and we want to pray for her. So I want you to stretch your hands towards her right now, and let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we by faith lay hands upon our sister Jerry. 
Lord, her and her husband have been such a faithful member of our church. Lord, support it. They've come. They've been a part. And Father, right now, it is our duty to release her, Lord, into your hands. We release her, Lord, into this next chapter of her life, God, moving to Tucson. Father, we pray that you would lead her and guide her, that she would be every bit spirit-led. Father, that you would open doors for her, God. Make her way clear. Give her favor. Father, help her to find that family of believers where she can worship and celebrate with you, that she can grow. God, that she can fellowship in that, in that presence, God, that wonderful presence of Jesus. And we pray right now, Lord, the emotions, God, the uh, struggle that's upon her heart. Father, we pray peace to it right now. You are the Prince of Peace, and we pray your peace upon her. God, give her favor and grace right now. Provide for her every need, God. Make her way clear in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell the Lord you love him. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. Thank you, those that worship and music. Amen. A couple things I just want to touch on real quick uh, before we start into our message today. Uh, Pastor Wilson is going to be doing a message uh, this Wednesday. How many know Wednesday is the day we need a little extra oomph to get through the week? Amen? And so come on out on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. He's going to be doing a message entitled Radical Acceptance. So you want to be radically accepted, come on out Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Also, I want to put my personal touch on the, um, the dinner that's coming up, the Operation uh, Christmas Child Dinner uh, that uh, they're selling tickets for. Uh, you're going to get a wonderful dinner. Uh, uh, Fran Juntinen is cooking for that. If you've never eaten Fran's food, you are missing. She could be a chef. She is awesome. And so you want to come be a part of that. It is $10 a ticket, and all of that money is going to help us uh, support the Operation Christmas Child. Uh, when we send boxes, one of the things that we have to do is we have to send the postage for that. Uh, so there, there is oftentimes quite a bill because we respond with great uh, uh, generosity in the box. So if you have 500 boxes, you can have close to 5,000 in postage. And so we need help with that. And so we want to put this fundraiser on so that we have an opportunity to be able to, to meet that need. And so come on out, fellowship. There's plenty of room. Lots of tickets still on sale. So pick up those tickets as you are leaving service today. They will be in the foyer. They have a little table right there under the uh, missions TV. And uh, uh, you can pick up those tickets. Amen. Isn't God good this morning? Well, if you have your Bibles, you can turn over to the book of Romans, the book of Romans, chapter number eight. Uh, this morning, uh, we want to continue on with our uh, lesson and our study on the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to put out a little bit of a disclaimer before we get started this morning. Um, most of the time, my sermons are very practical in nature, meaning that what I try to do in my sermons is I try to take the heavy theology out of stuff and bring it into a place where we can live, to where it's like, you know what, I can apply that in my daily life. As I go daily into this world, what do I do? How do I live for God? How do I walk this out? And so that's really my, my goal oftentimes. That's the, the focus of, 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 my, of my messages in, in the sense of what I'm trying to accomplish is to give you something 
that you could say, okay, I can apply that to my life. Now, this morning, it's going to be a little bit different than that. And so I ask for your patience in this, in that I'm going to walk you through what I call a word study. And the reason that I'm going to take you through some words and probably talk about definition in that is because oftentimes in Scripture, we can read a Scripture, and because of the fact that the English language tends to be a little bit flat in its presentation, we don't always see the color of what God was trying to present, the, the depth, of, as it were. And so it's, it's a, this morning, the, our text when you study it out and you study its words and you pay attention to the word that is being spoken to and what it actually means, it gives us such a revelation of the Holy Spirit and of what he is doing and the benefit of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to discover these amazing benefits because I honestly believe that's why this kind of subject is often very controversial. It's not because it's bad or evil, but because when the, the devil knows that if you get a hold of what God is saying about his spirit and begin to apply it to your life, you, become, you, come, you come into a place where you're very dangerous to the devil. You become almost unmovable, invincible. And you say, how, how can that be? Because we serve a really, really big God. Are you hearing me? And he ain't messing around. When it, comes to, when it comes to spiritual warfare, look at, see, a lot of times I hear this statement, and this is all freebie, so hang on. I hear this, I hear this statement often. People say, well, you know, God and the devil, they're, they're battling out. God, God's not in the war with the devil. Do you understand? God, the devil lost. Let, let, let's, the, the prophet says this, I beheld him falling to earth like lightning. So when the devil rose up one day and says, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to exalt myself, you know, all of that nonsense, God said, oh, no, you won't. And whack, he got thrown out of heaven. And it was so fast, so severe, so, so uh, 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 specific, it was like lightning falling to heaven. God says, watch this, man. You're out. You're done. You strike three. And you didn't even know you were up to bat. God's not in a war with the devil. We're in a war with the devil, but God's not. Now, God says, if you want to win, get on my side. He says, because if you're on my side, you are already victorious. You are more than a conqueror. Are you hearing me? So we've been talking <coughs> about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what we've told you so far, and, and we've used these words, and these are very specific words that we need to put into our minds. We've told you he's our helper. He's our comforter, he's our leader, he's our teacher, he's our strength, he's our power. He reminds us of what we have forgotten. How many glad for that? Yeah. You know, I've even prayed, lost my keys and said, Lord, I, I'm telling you, I've done. Hey, I've been sitting at my computer doing accounting and have been like, I don't know, a buck off. And can't find the mistake. It's saying, God, I, you know me, you built me, I'm OCD, I can't shut the bookkeeping down. When there's a dollar off. And, you know, and some people will just give you $2 and say, now you're ahead. Now, no, we're $2 off now. We just, it's like you just you didn't make it any better. And so God, he comes alongside, and I'll say, God, where's the mistake? And he'll show me because he knows. He's our helper. He's our teacher. He, he, he makes a way. He reminds us of what we've forgotten, and he reveals to you and I the living son of God. 
He opens our eyes to the future, and he tells us that we can be immersed in him through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, he's much more. How many know he's much more than just a, a, a mysterious person hiding in the shadows of life, isn't he? You know, we, 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 a lot of people call him the Holy Ghost, and therefore, you know, they kind of get this ghost thing going on, and it's like, ooh, he's scary. No, no, he's, he is the Spirit of God. He, he's that love and grace and joy and power and strength. He's the living God in us and through us, and he is the one the Father promised would come. He is the one Jesus said he would send. Look, look at the Bible. Look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is John the Baptist. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he, meaning Jesus, who is coming after me, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Look, at the, you know, there's a lot to be said about that statement about fire. And you know what? The one thing that I could think of right now, because you could preach a whole message on that point of fire, but one thing is for sure, fire is unmistakable. You never, nobody ever goes, hey, what, what, what's that? No, when you see fire, you know it. When you feel the heat of fire, you know it. When you feel its burn, you know it. It's unmistakable. When you see somebody on fire, you go, wow, something's happening in them. It's unmistakable. And that's what Jesus came to do, didn't he? He came to set us apart. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. And he says, I want you to stand above. I want you to stand out. I want you to burn with the glory of God. Can you say amen? amen. Then in Luke 24, 49, this is Jesus' final words. These are literally the last words he speaks before he ascends into heaven. He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So what does he say? He says, You know what? I want you to wait. Don't do anything. Don't, don't, don't go about your own business. Wait for power. Wait till the promise comes upon you. And then Acts chapter 2, verse 39. This is Peter speaking. In, he, he is uh, preaching. He's finishing up his sermon, and he's done. And he says these words. He says, for the promise, what is that? The promise of the Father is to you and to your children and to, who, to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God our, will call. In other words, he's talking to the people that are there. He's talking to the people that will, they will encounter, and ultimately he is talking to you and I. Can you say amen? He's saying the promise is for you. Are you catching that? Yes. The promise is for you, and thank God this morning, he is still fulfilling that promise. And there is no end to that supply. When the Holy Spirit becomes active in our lives, he brings with him some amazing benefits. And this is why we've taken the time to study this. Because once again, when you understand this, and here in just a few minutes, within 10 to 15 minutes, you are going to understand why this is so important. It'll blow your mind what benefits he brings. Now, for me, probably the most significant benefit of having the Holy Spirit active in my life is what he brings to me 
in the context of prayer. I want you to listen, and this is the text of our sermon, to what Paul says to the Romans. And this is what we're going to spend our time in. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Praying in the Spirit is far more than we've ever imagined. Praying in the Spirit is not to freak out people. Praying in the Spirit is not to demonstrate some sort of merit badge or achievement. Praying in the Spirit is not to uh, um, um, prove that you are spiritual. Amen. Praying in the Spirit is a partnership. Praying in the Spirit is allowing God to be God in our lives. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Let me ask you a question. How many of us <clears throat> have come to that place when we just didn't know what to do or what to pray or even how to pray? Yes. We've all come to that place. And sometimes we, we get to the point in those places. I know for me, when those moments are prolonged in my life, I become what I would call estranged from God. In other words, I feel like there's a disconnect. I feel like there's distance between me and God. And there's been times in my life where I have felt at greater distance from God than I have at other times. And I felt like, you know what, I'm not, you know, I, I, am I not doing right? I don't know what to do. I'm kind of confused about the way I feel. I'm not really sure what's going on. And I wonder in my mind, how am I going to get out of this? How do I pray about this? What do I do? And, 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 and I knew I needed to pray. I knew I did, but I just didn't even know what to say. I didn't even know how to connect with God anymore. It's kind of like I hear it, I know it, I can articulate it, and I can even acknowledge it, but I just don't know what to say. I, I, you know, we've come to that place where there's difficulties and problems, and, and there seems to be no answers, and, and these times in our life become, become very discouraging. Yes. How many know what I'm talking about? I don't know about you. Maybe I'm talking to me this morning, but I can tell you that in my Christian walk, there are times where I'm very discouraged. Are you hearing me? Things aren't working out the way I want, you know, and that's the thing. I'm not, look, at this is a very positive sermon. I want you to understand, I'm not talking about the negative. See, there is negative in life. How many know what I'm talking about? But we don't have to focus on the negative, but it is real. But it's in those moments where things aren't going the way I want them to, or when they're not working out, or I don't feel it, or I don't sense it, or I don't know what to do, that the Holy Spirit's partnership is so absolutely critical in my life. Yes. Romans 8, 26 and 27 gives us a real deep understanding of this partnership. And so I want to take some time, like I said earlier, to mine out these truths. I, I don't want to just gloss over. See, it's, I've read this verse. I don't know how many times I've read this verse. And it's so easy. You know, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. Yeah, great. Okay, he's there. He helps us. Good. Man, thank God for help. <clears throat> Not trying to be trivial. 
But sometimes in the English language, you know, because we, we have such varying de- definite. Let me, let me ask you this question. How many have ever had a teenager say they'd help you? How many have ever had a four-year-old say they'd help you? It's not much difference. It's just they're bigger. Amen. So, you know, the problem is, is we have these definitions of help and we don't get it. And, and sometimes that falls flat on us. But this word help, this word helps in, the, in this verse is extremely important. Listen to what he says. I'm going to read it again. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, listen, that word help, we got to understand Because that word help conveys the idea of real partnership and cooperation. This word in the Greek paints the picture of two individuals working together to get the job done. Now, here's the thing. The word helps in the Greek is actually a very complicated compound word in the Greek. It's made up of three different words. Oftentimes, the Greek will do that. It'll take two different words, put them together to create one word, and it changes the meaning. So in this case, the first word in this Greek interpretation means to do something in conjunction with someone else. It's the same thing we talked about two weeks ago when the Holy Spirit comes alongside. It's the same meaning, to come alongside or to do something in conjunction with. The second word means against. And the third word means to take or to receive. And when these three words are joined together, the new word literally means this. It means to take a hold of something with somebody else, gripping it together as tightly as possible and throwing your combined weight against it or against the problem to move it out of the way. Literally, the Holy Spirit becomes one with us in the task of moving every obstacle, every weakness. In the midst of our weaknesses, where we are inadequate to get the job done, the Holy Spirit comes and says, let me grab a hold of that hindrance with you, and we together will push against it until it's moved completely out of the way. That's what he's talking about. That's the revelation that we need to get. We need to get the revelation that prayer becomes a partnership between you and the Holy Spirit when you pray in the Spirit. Amen. The, prayer, the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to grab a hold of what's in your way. And he says, I'll work with you. I'll get this out of the way with you. But it doesn't stop there. Because verse 26 goes on to say that he helps our weaknesses. This word weakness is used to describe people who are sickly or ailing in their bodies or their minds or their emotions. And it's also used to describe people who are spiritually weak. Sometimes we're just simply too weak. Physically, mentally, spiritually, we've all been there. We've all come to, have you come to that place where you go, man, I'm just, Lord, I'm just tired. I'm tired. I don't know what else to do. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm tired. I don't know if I can face another day of this. But yet we're facing another day of it. We get overwhelmed. There's a great verse of scripture in 
Psalm 61, 2, it says, when my heart is overwhelmed, then he leads me to the rock that is higher than I. See, this is what he's talking about, that place of overwhelmingness where we're like inundated. And by ourselves, we don't have what it takes to get the job done. But Holy Spirit comes to assist us in prayer, throwing his weight against our weakness to remove those weaknesses from our lives. And then it comes to place, and it continues in 26. It says, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought. In other words, we just don't have the know-how. He's admitting it. He's going, look, there's times when you're not going to know how. You're going to be confronted with situations and problems and difficulties, and you're not even going to know how to look at them, much less pray for them. And it's oftentimes in those moments where we're either tempted to take matters into our own hands or tempted to throw in the towel. We all have been there, both of those. We've all done it. We've done both of them, taking matters into our own hands only to have things get really messed up. True. Or to throw in the towel and just go, I'm done. I'm confronted with this over and over and over again in counseling. I'm confronted with this over and over again in my life. Get to a point where it's like, man, this is just too much. I'm done. I quit. I don't want to do this no more. This is not what I, it's not what I signed up for. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not the thing I thought it would be. And I'm a little bit disappointed. Amen. And we come into that place where we just don't know what to do. And the word, is, it's interesting because he's describing this lack of know-how, but in the midst of this, there's a curious word. And this curious word is the word what. He says, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. That word what is, is a word that the Greek word literally depicts, it means this, every little thing. It's, it's, it's an expression of the details. It's talking about the finer points. See, left to ourselves, we just don't have the ability to see the whole picture, do we? We don't have the know-how to deal with the smallest of details or the multitude of possibilities that come with the problem. The things that could happen if we do a wrong thing regarding our situation. And the question comes, what do I do? What do I do? Do I go right? Do I go left? Do I go up, down, around? Do I leave? Do I quit? Do I stay? What do I do? Marriages are confronted with this on a daily basis. Come on. What do I do? Do I stay? Do I stay in this miserable marriage? Is that too real? Do I stay in this miserable job? What do I do? Do I leave? Do I go? Do I, do I stay in this church? Do, what do I do? What do I do? God, I don't know what to do. I just know it's not right, and I'm overwhelmed, and I'm tired, and I'm frustrated, and it's working against my mind and my spirit. And, I, and do you know that is the plan of the devil? Yeah. Do you know the Bible says in the Old Testament that the strategy of the devil is to wear out the saints? That his goal is to just poke. Have you ever had anybody just poking at you? Poke, poke. It's in one poke don't mean nothing. But a thousand pokes means a lot. 
I want to break his finger. <laughs> Snap it off. Poke him in the head with his own finger. You know what I'm talking We get to the point where it's just, it's relentless. We work with people that are mean and nasty. We have bosses that take advantage of us. It's unjust. They require things of us that they don't require of anyone else. And because we're good-natured and Christian, we, we present ourselves well, and they take advantage of our good nature. What do we do in that? How do we work that through? What, what am I going to pray about this? I'm so confused. Is there any hope? And I don't know what to do. But God says, he goes, we don't know about every little detail. And this word ought, it literally means necessary. What is necessary? So we don't know what to do or to pray about the details and what is necessary. You got to get that. You got to catch this. He's making a contrast. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to come in. I'm going to partner with you in your weaknesses. I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to work. I'm going to throw my weight against this weakness with you to remove this obstacle because you can't see the finer points. You can't see the details and you don't even know what is necessary. So the Holy Spirit comes to us in our weakness, and he helps in our inadequacy so we can pray with impact. He partners with us in prayer, grabbing a hold of the obstacle and pushing against it in conjunction with us to remove the satanic blockade, even to the smallest detail, praying exactly what is needful. Do you get that? See, when you, when you understand that revelation, all of a sudden you go, holy cow, no wonder the Holy Spirit is so important and no wonder the devil doesn't want me to know about it. Are you hearing me? But look at the very end of verse 26. At the end of verse 26, he says, but the Spirit himself, underline himself, He didn't send a flunky. He didn't send his assistant. Amen. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, this is my favorite part of the sermon right here. And this is the, this is the part that just moves me. The word intercession is an interesting word. It comes... From the Greek word that literally means to fall into with. And the picture that's being painted here is of a person who has fallen into some kind of problem. They've fallen into a trap. They've fallen into a pit, if you will. But then another one comes along and then makes intercession. And what that means is they jump into your situation... And rescues you out of your pit. Now you say, what does that mean? Let me give you a perfect example. As I was meditating on this dynamic, what came to mind is we've all seen the shows, the script, or the, 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 the documentaries about Coast Guard rescue swimmers. Now think about it, because one of my favorite shows is Deadly Catch, because I have this secret bucket list of I want to be on one of those boats. I don't want to work. That's way beyond me. I just want to ride in the cabin when they're in those 40-foot seas, man. I just think that would be a blast. I only want to do it one day. I want on and off. 
I just want to do it. And maybe that'll happen, and I might regret those words. But, you know, the, on the Deadliest Catch show, they're always showing how that somebody would fall overboard or, or a shipwreck, and they're in the ocean, and there's these seas, and they're in a sea of confusion, and the elements are working against them. And all of a sudden, the Coast Guard helicopter rides up, and there's someone on there called a rescue swimmer, whether they're male or female, and they risk their life to go down the rope to get into your situation to rescue you out of your situation. Are you hearing that? That is what the Holy Spirit does through intercession. He gets into your stuff. He gets into your problem. He gets into your marriage. He gets it, dare I say, listen, and I'll explain it as soon as I say it. He gets into your sin, not to be sinful, but he ain't afraid of a little dirt. You say, what do you mean by that? Look at Oliver all the time is coming to me and he's got sticky hands and a messy face and he comes to me, hold me, grandpa. And it's like, get that sticky off you and I'll hold you. God doesn't do that. We come to him with all kinds of grime and right. stuff and mud and yuck. Oh, yeah. And God says, come here. And he holds on to us. He ain't afraid of a little bit of mud. He ain't afraid of a little bit of stuff. And he gets into us. Look at uh, the best example is Jesus came to earth and he became one of us to save us from being one of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit comes into our situation, makes intercession for us and rescues us. Are you hearing me? That's good stuff right there, brother. Man, you could almost stop and pull an altar call there. But it gets better. That's why we're going on. Hallelujah. I'm going to make you a Pentecostal church yet. You guys are going to be, hey. <laughs> you know how you know we've arrived? As soon as the white hankies come out and you start showing, I know we've arrived. Come on. You say, why? It's worth getting excited about. You know, you know how you know you're, you know how you, do you know why people don't get excited? Because they haven't been rescued yet. When you're lost and there is no hope, there is no way out, you're going to die. Your situation is grave, but Jesus comes and he plucks you out of it. You'll shout. You'll rejoice. You won't care who sees you. Why? Because once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was, I was lost in sin, but I have been set free in Jesus' name. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's get back to the notes. <laughs> or no, don't. Hang on. It's good. The notes are good, too. So he says this, he makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. This word groanings is a Greek word that literally means a deep sigh. It's translated almost a vent. The picture of this word, it's painting a picture of a teapot. 
It's placed on a stove. The water is slowly being heated up. It, it continues to heat and heat, and now it begins to bubble, and it produces steam, and that steam rises until it can't take it anymore. And suddenly, there is a burst with a whistle. A sound is made, and isn't that just what happened at the day of Pentecost? Yeah. There was a sound from heaven. God couldn't take it anymore. He was rising up, and they heard a sound from heaven. Now, a lot of people say, well, they heard him talking in tongues. No, think about it. Let's say we're a small city, and let's say we all got filled with the Holy Ghost, and we're speaking in tongues in this place. It's doubtful anyone beyond the foyer would hear us, but they came from all four corners of the city. They said, we heard something, and it came from heaven, and we need to see what's going on. And let me tell you something. That's that word groanings. There's a deep guttural sound that rises up within us. It's, it's something that comes from inside us, and it begins to vent its way out with groanings that cannot be uttered in this thought. It's a deep agony. Some people call it speaking in tongues or praying in the spirit. But the bottom line is it simply means this. With It's a sense, it's an utterance that doesn't make sense to the human mind. So there's a thing that happens in this place of intercession. Something rises up inside of you. Something rises deep within you and begins to burst forth to rescue you, to come alongside you, to move the obstacle, or to get you out of the trap. Listen to what I'm saying today. The Holy Spirit is much more than a novelty. The Holy Spirit is what Jesus said is better than me here. That's, that is a big statement. Jesus said it's better that I go. So he comes. It's better that I go so I can send him. Why? Because I believe this right here. Romans 27 tells us how the Spirit does what he does it says this now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession according to the will of God this word searches it literally means to investigate it means to look for it means to uh, uh, examine but it's not just simply looking there's a specific it's an investigation this word searches is the same word that, that uh, the Old Testament uses in Samuel. When Samuel goes to anoint king, a king, you remember God sent him, sent him to the house of Jesse. And you remember Jesse had several sons. And so he's there and, and Jesse calls his sons in from the oldest to the youngest. And the first son comes and goes, nope, that's not. Second son, nope, nope, nope. And God speaks to Samuel and he says this. He says, do not look at his appearance or at his height and his stature because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. For man looks, here's the word looks. That word looks and searches is the same word. So a man looks as on the outside. He searches the outside. He searches the familiar in appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. So what is it saying? It says when the Holy Spirit is interceding 
He is looking for something specific. He's looking for exact. Remember, he understands the details, doesn't he? Yeah. And then this idea of mind, he searches the mind of the spirit. Now, what you got to get is this word spirit, even though it's capitalized here, it is a, it's, <clears throat> it's actually a reference of man's spirit. Because in context, it's talking about man's spirit. He's searching the mind. He doesn't have to search his own mind. He searches the mind of the spirit, the spirit of a man. He, what is he looking for? He's looking for what has already been planted in you from the beginning. He's looking for the original plan. He's looking for what's going to work for you. He searches the mind, the, the frame of mind. He's searching for the frame of mind. In other words, what he's doing is he's saying, I am going to pray. I'm going to come alongside. Here's the thing. I'm coming alongside you, and I am going to add my strength to yours, and we're going to come against that thing that's hindering you, and I am going to remove it or rescue you out of it by my strength because I know the details. I can pray according to the details with impact. And then he says this at the very last part of verse 27. He says, according to the will of God. In other words, this is exactly what God wants. This is his will. Now listen to me as I close this. I'm going to ask Jason to come if he will. That doesn't happen automatically. This is the thing. And this is why the devil fights this. This is why the devil works against keeping us alienated from the Holy Spirit. He keeps us in confusion about him. He keeps the controversy swirling so we avoid him. We ignore him. Why? So that we don't pray in him. Listen, in Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude 1.20 says this. Listen to the wording. He says, but you, but you, beloved, you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Church, somewhere along the line, there has to be a decision to say, look, I'm done with this, man. I have struggled. I've worked. I've labored. I've tried to do this by myself. I have tried to, you know, muscle my way through. I've tried to endure my way through. I've tried to think my way through. But somewhere along the line, none of those things work. They're good for a little while. They have a little bit of impact. But at some point, what we have to do is we have to just say, God, I'm done. I'm going to let you pray. Holy Spirit, pray. Now, we're going to talk more about that here in a few weeks. We're going to talk about how to do that. But look, at that's why baptism is so important. That's why getting immersed in him. For some of you, you'll be given a prayer language and you'll be able to pray. You'll be able to operate in that. You'll be able to walk in that and, and in those moments. And I remember as a young pastor, I was told by an older pastor, he had been pastoring for a long time. And he told me this. He goes, you know, when I go do revivals, he says, one of the things that I do is before I get in and, and preach, he goes, I'll spend like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And he says, and I just do nothing but pray in the spirit. 
He says, I don't necessarily pray for the meeting. I don't pray for wisdom or anointing or gifting. He says, I just simply pray in the spirit. And he says, and the reason why I do that is because I know that that sets the stage. And see, I never really, to be honest with you, that, that was told to me probably 25 years ago. And I don't know that I fully appreciated it until now, until I begin to study those two verses of scripture and understood what he's actually talking about. That when I pray in the spirit, I'm partnering with the spirit. That him and I are beginning to move forward and that there's an anointing in it. And for those of you today that are here, you're struggling, you're, you're, you've got issues, you've got problems. Let me tell you, this is, this is the key for you. This is the key. So, well, I don't know I have a prayer language. Just, just open up to him and say, Father, I, I just come to you in the spirit. Have your way. Do what you want. And just be open. Just being open to him. He can, look, at it, it's not about our performance today. It's about him. For those of you that are struggling, you feel distant from him. Let me tell you something about relationship. Relationship is not automatic. My relationship with my wife was not automatic. My relationship with my friends is not automatic. I have to take time. And you know, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes what happens, and, and let me just say this about relationship, especially in context of the Holy Spirit and one another. And I'm learning this, and I, to some degree, I'm learning this the hard way. You know, sometimes I just let things pass. It's go, okay, we're all right, we're all right. And just time, time just goes by. And there's been no investment, whether it's people or friends or, or whatever. And then I wonder, why isn't there the closeness? Why isn't there the intimacy? Why isn't there the seeming the friendship? And what it boils down to, when I look at it, is I didn't take the time. I didn't invest. I didn't invest. See, I remember investing in Kathy, and I continue to invest in Kathy. 33 years later, I'm still making that investment. Why? Because I make draws on that investment. Amen. Amen. Well, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. He's a gentleman. He'll woo you. He will come to you. He'll pull on you. And you know he does. But if you don't respond to that, you will become callous to it. And you won't even notice it anymore. Some of us struggle with sin. Welcome to the human race. But I'm telling you that when you're about ready to, to, to walk over, to cross that line, I can tell you the Holy Spirit's there. He, he's saying, no, don't, 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 don't. If we'll respond to him, the power, the corresponding power, that we'll need to overcome that. We'll be there. But we have to respond. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Somehow we've got to activate that in our lives, and that activation comes through a choice that says, I'm going to let that be a reality in my life. I'm going to, I'm going to allow that to move into my life. I'm going to allow him to do this in me. And I guarantee you, he'll meet that need. He'll be there. It was such a revelation to me. I was so buffeted this weekend. 
We had such an incredible encounter last weekend. And I knew we were coming into this. And I was so buffeted and I wondered, what's up? Now I know. I get it. The devil, I rebuke him in Jesus' name. It's enough said. I just want to welcome Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Why don't you bow your heads with me just for a moment. Father, we're so thankful. We love you so much. We thank you for this revelation, and we thank you, God, for stirring our hearts and our lives. And Father, I pray that you would cause these, these truths, these principles, this reality to be written upon the table of our heart. God, that we would be able to walk in it daily. Lord, that we would call out to you, that we would partner with you. And we thank you, Jesus. I pray that you penetrate lives, hearts, and minds right now in this place. God, minister. Minister, God, your goodness. Minister your goodness, I pray. Right now. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're in this place and you'd say with me today, I, I don't know if I know Jesus as my Savior. I've never had an encounter with Jesus. I've never had that I know of my sins forgiven, and I want that. I want that in my life where you're backslid, you're walked away from him, but you want to come back to him. If that's you, would you lift your hand? Just lift it up. Amen. I see that hand and that one and that one. Others today. Amen. I see that one in the back. You can put it down. Anyone else? Amen. I see those hands back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you do one more thing with me? Would you just pray with me today? In fact, would you all pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. Holy Spirit, would you lead me? Would you partner with me? I give you right of way in my life. Help this revelation stay in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. You can look up at me. Wow, I love you guys. You know, if you prayed that prayer to this morning for the first time, we're going to have a ministry team come. In fact, I'm going to ask them to come right now. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, come on up and let them minister to you and speak to you. And just let them touch you. Hang on a second. Don't, don't, hang on. Everybody wants to get out of here. I'm going to let you out. Two seconds, I promise. But I want to tell you today that this is powerful. This is what we need in our lives. This is going to make the difference. Can you say amen? Let's stand to our feet. Come on up, get prayer if you need prayer with our ministry team. Rest of you, we'll let you go. God bless you. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.